We are unboxing a very large topic today. Yes, we are. And I don't know where you are on this subject. I don't know if you're on the fence about it, but double dipping in real estate, or we can also call it double ending, which is, I think, what we say, right? Yeah, that kind of is the industry standard when it comes but to But it is a little of... bit of double dipping. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's why we've come fully prepared to talk about this and hopefully get um, everyone to find their own place. Where do you stand? What is your opinion? Um, and bring less confusion. I, I think one of the things I want to share, John, too, is Real Estate Unbox is a place to talk about the tough stuff that we go through. And we're not afraid to bring it up and talk about it. But I, but I am going to share that even though it's not a training and a workshop, I think today might be a lot more educational, if you will. Some people may not be completely aware. I know you learned a lot. Yeah, I did. I'd like to be able to interject here really quickly. About two weeks ago when we brought this up, this has been something that has been sitting on our agenda for about a month now, right? Yep. And it started to rise up. And as we started to do more research. Everything I bring is green. Right? Oh, my God. So is that <laughs> green screenish? Yeah. Oh, that's green. <laughs> Can you guys see? I'm having a Perrier, watermelon Perrier. Oh I'm sorry, interrupt. No, that's right. Uh, that we started to realize that this was this wasn't just something that we could be cheerily bouncing around. Yeah. Uh, that this was going to take some research. It it, oh. it it turned into such a passionate um, topic, more more passionate than anything that we've we've talked about before, and the amount of reams. I'm a lender. MJ is the agent. So what we're talking about here specifically deals with agents oh, far more than when lenders on this one, right? Yeah. She has gone through reams of information here. It's too much, two actually. Weeks. Hours and hours of research that this girl has done to get to this point. So I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that, you, that you're coming in more prepared than I would have ever thought that we were ever going to have to do with this. I, I think it takes some preparation. And even with all of the reading and going mm -hmm. through things, it really came down to everyone kind of their mindset in all of this reading was very similar. So we are going to unbox right mm -hmm. now, double ending a transaction. Okay. And so We'll put our picnic stuff away for the oh, moment. Man. Yeah. No more, we, no more double dipping for ooh, me. No more double dipping. Get out of here. Get your own bowl, you know? <laughs> Listen, first I of all, it. I think what we need to talk about is the under, like I said, we've got, I've got all kinds of information here to share. Um, one of the things that I want to share about what we do here and how we decided to to start Real Estate Unbox, there are a lot of really great groups out there that you are probably part of. Um, some of them, I think, lose their way, but others do a really good job. Okay. Uh, and good point. I know where you're going with this. I think what I'm trying to say here as well is the setting that we wanted to bring in. Where are you going? Are you looking no. over there? I'm yeah. just looking over there at the dogs. They're playing in the park. <laughs> is is that sometimes people don't want to engage in topics like this because it exposes your thought process out in the open okay oh, yeah it is now now it is public how you think how you feel and is it going to is it going to put you on a blacklist is there going to be retaliation is someone now going to look at you different you think that we don't look at ourselves and concern ourselves as well with what we're talking about in keeping the reputation that we have intact. Of course we do. Absolutely we do. Mm -hmm. We're here to bring value in a way that it is providing personal development and growth in your mindset and business development. Because I think some people don't even know, where do I stand on that? You know, I thought that I knew where, where I stood going into this. And fundamentally speaking, my, my stance hasn't really changed much, but I'll tell you, I learned a lot. It strengthened some of my stance, but it completely changed the dynamics of where I sat with regards to this. And my entire perspective has now changed because of thanks of, of all the research that you've done. Everything that we talked about, I mean, we've, we've been talking about it for a while. Mm -hmm. And so this is going to be very 
intense, let's just say, and very deep conversation about unboxing this big topic, double ending. Right. How do you feel about it? Are you okay with it? Is it okay only when it's you? Have you ever had an experience that didn't go very well and you were involved where you were the double-ended agent? Understanding the differences between double dipping and actually dual agency and how even so that puts a broker at risk. Okay. Uh, yep. How do the clients feel? What's going on with them? What about lenders who have an NMLS, right? And they also have their real estate license. And they do both. We'll talk and about they that do both, as, the, right? as the last follow-up piece. What about the buyer who thinks that it's better and it's the right thing to do is work with the seller's agent because they're going to get a deal. So then they're okay with it. So there's so many different facets to what you may even be thinking right now. And I didn't mention as to what double ending is all about. Right. Okay. So first of all, I'm, I'm going to share my screen and I, I want us to look at, Oh, there's Facebook. Okay. I want us to take a look at what it means. Oh, and the, agents are going, oh God, now I know where we're going with this. Yeah, She's not like, going to read the entire no, thing. No, I'm not going to read the whole thing, <laughs> but we need, we need the context of because course. there are going to be people that are newer in the business and you also need to make your own stance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, things are going to be changing in the coming years we're going to see a lot of things that are thrust upon us regardless. You may have a say and you may not. Specifically, if you haven't been reading what the Department of Justice has recently put out there with the, the National Association of Realtors and it's an antitrust issue, yeah. you need to read up on it and you need to be very aware of it because it's going to change the way we work and it's right. going to change on how we're paid and the only reason I'm bringing it up is for your awareness. And secondly, because it's a lot of double ending is how we're paid. Yeah, it does There's so much together, looking think. about do we we're profiting more because we are representing both sides and there's two sides of the commission, right? So mm -hmm. talking commission, I just wanted to bring that up. Go, go get your own information on what's going on with the Department of Justice because things are going to be changing and we cannot talk about that now. Yeah, we'll probably unbox that. We might on. unbox that later with right. a, a few colleagues too. Right. But okay, right, right. so- Agency, number one, when we fill out these forms with the California Association of Realtors, it's an AD form, it describes what a seller's agent and a buyer's agent do, do. And then it says agent representing both seller and buyer. Then it goes on to say what the seller and buyer responsibilities are. So they have their own, right? Now, the seller's agent and the buyer's agent there isn't anything in here truly that says that they're supposed to act differently. They're both supposed to be diligent with reasonable skill. They're both supposed to have a duty of honesty and fair dealing. And they're both have a duty to disclose all facts to the agent. What if you're the agent on the other side, materially affecting the value of desirability of the property, et cetera. Okay. So you all are using this currently now. Supposed so to be the same thing. Essentially, what it's saying, correct me if I'm wrong, okay. but it, essentially what it's saying is if you want a double end, you can. That's what this, this, no, this document is saying. No, no. This document is simply describing and disclosing what the relationship is. Mm -hmm. As a seller's agent, this is my relationship with you, mm -hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Seller. Right. Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, this is my relationship with you. This is my obligation to you, period. And it could be. It both. describes the relationship. I'm going to show the other document, but then it also talks about agent representing both seller and buyer in right. this section. Mm -hmm. Okay. It says that this real estate agent, either acting directly or through one or more salespersons, mm -hmm. okay. And broker associates can legally be, it's legal. In eight other states, it is illegal. Right. So it is not <laughs> illegal to be the agent of both the seller and the buyer in a transaction, right? but only with the knowledge and consent of, of who? Both. So they, of course, they need to agree. Now, this is disclosed 
right up front, John, Mm -hmm. the minute we decide to work with anyone, this agency should be presented to them right away. They should understand because we are now talking real estate to them and we're giving them advice. Yes. Okay. So this is the one and first, very first document you should present. All right. So I'm going to stop right there. By the way, stop right there. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, when we talked about this last week, MJ and I spent 45 minutes Uh on this page. Mm -hmm. We read through every single word of this. In fact, half of it you read to me specifically because she's the agent. I learned so much from the power of this document, which is why I'm not surprised that it's one of the very first documents that that agents give out to the buyers and sellers. Right. So we have to start out with our responsibilities. Okay. Now, we we can certainly be the person that takes it as super serious as we should, mm-hmm. or you take it kind of nonchalant. Everybody knows, and you sign this, and everybody understands, and that kind right. of thing. You you decide how you work. Right. But there's a lot of language here that if it's not explained correctly, get you in trouble. Now, I am going to mm. be sharing with you violators <gasps> that got dun, in dun, trouble, dun. that got a fine, and you don't want to be on that list because your mug. Your cute little mug shows up <laughs> on the California Association of Realtors as a violator. Okay. So we don't want that. No. Right. Okay. So I don't. Now there's this document. Well, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, this was the other 45 minutes. This one's crazy because this one, you have to get them to sign. Right. Yes. So you write an offer and as a buyer's agent, right away, they're going to fill this out, but as a seller as well. And it talks about multiple buyers, multiple sellers, dual agency. Yes. The dual agency part is, of course, in the same agency, two different people (coughs) are working together, Mm -hmm. but it's under one broker. Right. Okay. So that's explained very well that you can represent prospective buyers and sellers. And in the event of dual agency, seller and buyer agree that seller and buyer agree that a dual agency may not without the express permission of the party disclosed to other parties confidential information. And I bring that up because again, confidentiality, yep. where does that come into play? If you double end, well, you're supposed to keep it confidential, but this yeah. is where I think you can get in trouble. Okay. Now, <laughs> when we fill out this form, it, it is very clear in here that you can represent both. As one agent. And they have agreed that it's they're okay with it. Right. If a seller or buyer does not want to fill this out, then they're saying, I don't agree and I don't want that. And that's a discussion I believe that you need to have up front. How is it that you wouldn't have that up front? I can't imagine how you wouldn't. Okay. Well, listing agents, now we're called sellers agents on the on the document. We have conversations with sellers, John, when we're sitting at the table. Many people do this. They say, look, if I represent the buyer, I will do it for a reduced amount of commission. Right. And that'll save you some money. So that discussion is happening up front pretty much for most people that are willing. And that means that you have taken the stance and you have made You've chosen that side of the fence. Okay. So if you are that person, you are that agent. You've made that choice. If you've already had that conversation and said, if I represent the buyer, I, not a partner, not a colleague, and I'm going to charge a X amount commission, I will reduce my commission 1% when I represent the buyer. That tells me that you already have made your stance. That you are okay with it. Yes. Correct. Okay. So. I'm bringing it up so anyone who's listening and watching can simply say, well, then that would be me. Or you could also say, well, it depends. As long as it's in your agreement that you're willing to do that, that means that you are a double dipper. You you agree with double ending. All right. So I guess then what, what I hear you saying here is that somewhere in initially, before you even have conversations, well, this is at the seller's table. At the seller's table. I'm saying even as you knock on the door on the seller's side, you are walking in with a choice. You're walking in on one side of the table or the other. 
You're walking in, and that's kind of what you were talking about before, is where do you sit here? And how are you going to present yourself before you even get there? Because you need to have a choice. You need to take a stance. You can't just be vacillate back and forth. Well, you do. You do. And I think you make a choice when you're at the seller's table taking that listing, especially if you've already put that language in your contract. Your listing contract says that if I represent the buyer, I will do it for a reduced amount of commission. Of course. You've already taken that stance. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's just how you feel. And and then you should be okay with it because it is not illegal here. And it's not a legal term. Double ending is not a legal term. It's just a term that we use here. Dual agency is the legal term, right? But the only reason I brought up this document is because it, it is allowing us, everybody is agreeing that if the seller is represented by the broker, the seller acknowledges that the broker may represent prospective buyers or sellers. And again, consents to the broker acting as a dual agent for both seller and buyer in that transaction. If the buyer is represented by the broker, then they acknowledge that the broker may represent sellers of the property that the buyer is interested in acquiring consents to the broker acting as a dual agent for both buyer and seller with regard to that property. In the event of a dual agency, seller and buyer agree (laughs) that a dual agent may not without the express permission of the party, disclose to the other party confidential confidential information. information. Again, confidential. What's confidential? Shoot. Isn't that the unboxable topic about double dipping? What is confidential now? I would, personally, I would think so. That's That's, that's tough. It's it's a tough spot to be put in, right? And um, I don't know. I think at this point, you can decide if you're going to be Peter Pan, okay, which hat are you going to wear? And if you're going to step in, what hat are you going to wear? Who are you? Right. I mean, you, you represent both sides, but are you the evil one that has to go and say something that you shouldn't be saying? Are you the, you know, the, it's the fairy tale. It's all good. Everything's good. They're looking right? at you over there. You see that? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what, where do you stand? Okay, just remember that this PRBS says that everybody agrees. You are going to agree that it's okay to be the one agent. You can be the one agent here. Okay, you can. So you have to make a decision as to what you're going to do. I'm not going to go through this whole this whole right. thing, um, but then there's offers being confidential. Buyers advise that seller or listing agent may disclose the existence or terms or conditions of a buyer's offer unless all parties in that agent have signed a written confidentiality agreement. Oh, man. We keep talking about confidential. So what's confidential? I'm supposed to tell the truth. I'm going to have a duty to disclose. I have to disclose. But confidentiality just keeps being brought up over and over and over. So when is it good for a buyer or seller to be represented by the same agent? And and before you answer that, it seems to me that there are almost always levels of confidential conversations that are going on. I mean, I can't imagine you not as an agent having something to where the buyer or the seller said, I would prefer this to not go any further than you. And then spill their beans on something that's going on. God, I mean, life throws you curveball. So there could be lots of stuff, right? How does an agent then embark on that schizophrenic relationship with themselves where you're now representing the buyer and the seller and saying, shoot, how do I not explain that to my other side, something that is confidential, and now this other person should know about it because it's disclosable. Yeah. You see, I don't understand how that works, which kind of the whole double ending thing because of that alone scares the heck out of me. Yeah, I, it, I mean, and it I does. think it's one of those things where, and the, this reason why I asked that question is, when is it good? Right. When is it good for the buyer and the seller to be represented by the same agent? When? When? Even Almost. if they both agree to it, because it seems so simple, they there's both always agreed. going to be a life something that goes on, and they think, 
oh, I didn't think that it was going to be this complicated. Yeah, they both agree. Mm -hmm. At the beginning. At the beginning. We all think it's all good, especially if I'm going to save some money. But I know you brought up this, um, and I wrote down so much. I mean, there's just so much, right? But (laughs) you had written down, you had said something. Are you intentionally inviting people to make a dangerous choice against you or to bring you into a position that it could affect your license or your livelihood. Right. Are you walking into that? So the answer to when is it? I think the answer is almost never. When mm. is it good for the buyer and the seller to be represented by the same real estate agent? Almost never. Some people would disagree. And there's a lot of positive that I read certain people Um, I talked to a few agents, in fact, one this morning, and some people say, I don't have any trouble representing both sides. I'm, I'm good. I've done it many times. I've never gotten in trouble. Uh, I just close everything up front. Everybody knows what's going on, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So I don't have a problem with it. You know, it's, 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 I, I wear both both hats, you know, and if I have to go and be the give the hook sometimes and say, okay, I've got to tell you, and it's not a good thing, but I have to tell you that's the hook, right? You have to, you have to give the bad thing. Why am I wearing two hats? I'm trying to tell you, (laughs) you, you know, you decide who are you? Are you wearing the same hat? You're not. No. You wear two different hats and the seller wants the highest price. The buyer wants the lowest price. Some of these lawsuits that I read about, if you just look up double ending in real estate, there's some crazy lawsuits out there that have happened. And it usually has everything to do with the buyer feeling as if the agent just didn't give them full representation. And then secondly, they felt like they were, it was more about profiting more for themselves and for the seller than it was for them. They don't feel like they got the, the, they got the short end of the stick. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I I do get that. So, so a lot, a lot of things here, right. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go into put your hat on. Oh, I'm your heckling hat. It's going to be a heckling hat. And it's also going to be your, a conscience hat. All right. Put your conscience hat on. She brought me a hat. See, listen, I'm a joker hat. now. (laughs) Listen, for those of you who say, oh, come on, we've all done it. We're all going to do it. And if you have, then why do you get annoyed? Yeah, right. Do you Mm -hmm. get annoyed? Because here's here's what I'm going to say. Our job as a (laughs) look at you without laughing. (laughs) our job as a seller's agent what is our job what's my job john as a seller's agent because we're going to get to you in just a little bit your job as a seller's agent is to bring buyers i mean essentially that's it okay obviously the buyers are going to be represented some of the time ideally by an agent but that's almost secondary your job is to okay so if i'm wearing my seller's agent hat we'll just say okay Uh, My job is to bring buyers and I let you know that I do such a great job at marketing to bring buyers. So then the seller already has an understanding that I have buyers. Where's my buyers? So if I bring the buyer, you're going to be okay. I'm going to bring you a buyer. I'm going to bring you two. Three. And I'm going to show you this document called PRBS, and it's going to tell you that I can represent both. And you're going to be okay with it. I will be. And you're going to make. Because I trust you. Yeah. Okay, so if my job is to bring buyers, then why do we as buyers agents, when we write an offer and we find out or we get upset, I think John is gonna double in the deal and that's why my offer didn't get accepted. Well, it was John's job. It was my job. If you get upset with me, you write an offer and you're like, well, I think the reason why my offer didn't get accepted is because she's going to double in the deal. With some other buyer. With, with one of the buyers that I brought to the table because that's sure. my job. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So that, that's another, that's another really touchy, like put yourself in that position. Mm -hmm. If I'm the seller's agent, my job is to bring buyers. Right. But yet now if I'm the buyer's agent and I am writing an offer, don't get upset if I write an offer for a buyer that I brought, because my job is to bring buyers to the seller. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Okay. So we've got buyer's agents that get upset, Yep. but yet wait, if it's you and you're the seller's agent, your job is to bring the buyer. So if I bring the buyer, I'm also saving my clients some money because I told them up front right. that I was going to do it for maybe a reduced amount of commission. If I bring the buyer, seller's certainly happy with that. They agreed and understood those two documents very clearly. They're okay with me representing both yeah. sides. But then, but then me as the heckler, at the same time that I'm also thinking about the conscious, the conscience part of it, you have the complication part that life throws you curveballs and you always have something that's confidential there. I that's totally tough. understand where you're going, but the rest of it is now, wait a minute, because transactions are never as easy as we think that they should be. There's always something that's hidden, something that's there. This is why an agent needs to have the third hat. It's like, what could go wrong that could make the whole thing destroy in front of you? There's always, there's always the spikes in it. There's always that it's spiky, you guys. It's tricky. It's spiky and it can get ugly. And it is a monster. I think that could come out. I think it's ready to come out at any time that somebody's upset. Yep. Spiky. Any time that someone is upset in the, in the transaction, that side's going to come out. Is it not? So it is. And it could be either side Wait, that that creates that problem. One spike doesn't go away. It usually creates. Oh, once they're bothered, once there's a thorn there, it it just blows up into something else. So I'm going to share something because you may not know. And this is where I said, you don't want to be there, right? What's that? All right. Let's go into that. Where did that go? Please tell me it didn't go away. The, the violator. Yeah. Nope. Oh no. Nope. That's not it either. It did go away. There it there is. There she is. Okay. This just, is just look her up. This is public information. This is why I kind of gave my disclaimer in the beginning that, hey, this is a tough topic. I'm not too chicken to talk about it. Uh, number one, it happens today. You you've got to make a stance, and I know you may say that it depends. But as a seller's agent, I think if you already reduced your commission in the beginning, you've made your stance. You said you're good with double ending. Well, she's, she thought the same thing, John. So here's this girl. It's public information. You can go look it up on car.org if you want. Poor girl. Yep. Well, it's right I here. Mean, it's, it's Je- Jessica okay. Howard. How do you pronounce that? M-R-E-Z. M-R-E-Z. I don't know. Okay. Just she, go look it up. She was found in violation of Articles 1, 9, and 11 of the Code of Ethics. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> okay. Good God. MJ, are you doing you, this? Jessica. Are you doing this? Look at this. Code of Ethics. Oh, MJ, why? I'm not going to stop sharing that I am an educator. Okay. I've always been an educator. I'll continue to be an educator and a coach. We need to coach our clients too. You coach your clients. I do. All right. Do. So we've got these Code of Ethics that we need to live by. Because if you don't, you can get this busted. Is what happens right here. Okay. This poor Jessica girl right here, she acted as a dual agent. Nobody walks in wearing both hats thinking that they're going to get in trouble. You think you're going to be okay. What happened to her? She did not address the written concerns of the buyer regarding repairs that were supposed to take place. I'm just going to stop there. You're already, you're just, you're just busted right there because you did not take care of the buyer with what they wrote regarding the repairs that they wanted. Yep. Okay. All it took was one thing. Yep. And the buyer's not happy with it and the spikes come out and I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to, you're busted. Yep. And she told the buyer the home was sold as is and did not ensure access was provided for the final walkthrough. You guys can go and look this up. Okay, and you can read the whole thing if you want. Um, it's scary. It, it, it's sad because here, you know, it talked about something else having to do oh, yeah. with she failed to provide the buyer keys the, the keys and the remotes at the close of escrow per the contract. 
You think you're going to get in trouble for that? You miss the keys and the remotes. MJ, double ending is, is, I thought it was bigger. I thought we were talking about, you know, the, the confidentiality stuff and the stuff that, you know, the duty to disclose and tell the truth about what could affect the value of the property. And no. she's getting busted for not giving keys, yeah. for not writing uh, um, written consent. She didn't provide the final walkthrough and ensure access was provided for the final walkthrough. You guys, she got in trouble for things that, good gracious. And, you know, the really thing that scares me about don't this, seem to be like a big deal. Well, and, and that's the point. But they are. Everything in the transaction when I'm a buyer is a big deal. I'm buying a house. I'm buying one of the biggest investments I've ever made. And whether there's something in there that's big or small, it doesn't take anything except one little baby complaint yep. to at least tip the domino. And you have no idea what other dominoes are on that table ready to be tipped as a result of that one little frustration, that one little spike. Lord knows that happens in the lending side too. But the point is, once you got one spike, now you've set a precedent that now I'm going to start looking for other things. And you know how easy it is to make complaints? I don't know how easy it is in on the it's agency not, it's side. It's not that hard. It's not hard. On it's not that hard either. to go to the California Association of Realtors and Department of Real Estate if you really are upset mm -hmm. about it. And so now she's got a reprimand for three years in her file for three years, and her mug is right there. So first of all, that's your reputation. Number one, she's probably a wonderful, lovely, awesome person. Intentions pride. probably perfect. I don't know her. Right. But now she's been dinged. Yep. Okay. And it's going into Article 1, Article 9, 9 and Article, Article 11. 11. Right. And there, and I mean, really, it talks about competency. You better know Article 9 for the protection of all parties. Um, you shall um, assure whenever possible that all agreements related to real estate transactions, including but not limited to listing and representation agreements, blah, blah, blah. You, you're supposed to give a copy of each agreement that's furnished, anything written. When you get into Article 11 about providing your clients and customers standards of practice and competence where you understand. I'm not going to read this because it's going to get too long. Look, look, here's my point. Where'd she go? I don't know. There she is. Okay. These articles, you need to know them. Uh, because when somebody wants to file a lawsuit against you, they read them thoroughly. Oh, they go yeah. get an attorney and they go, oh, let's get her for this, 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 and this. Okay. Yep. So she's not the only one. There are several others in here. And there oh. are tons of violators ah. with all kinds, kinds of other violations in here. Wow. So as much as I'd like to read more of them, for you, I'm not going to do that. My point is, is that it, uh, it could, you, could you intentionally be putting yourself and inviting people to want to do this just because they got upset about something that you didn't do correctly? Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is kind of where these were some of the things that I read about. Some people think it's a positive thing. Okay. Yeah. It says, well, double ending can have drawbacks as described above in this whole article that I read. It often can also allow for a quicker, smoother transaction with less friction and less confrontation. Sure. Maybe. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe it could. Maybe less confrontation. Do you feel that you can put both hats on like this? I know this one you can't That's see so too well. Funny. But and blend them into one. How do you how do you blend them into one? Because I have more control now. See, I'm the seller's agent and the buyer's, buyer's agent. Yeah, well, that, so I have more control. I've got this. Right. I've got this, right? And he said, the double end deal provides greater profit for the agent, along with the greater incentive for the agent to offer back some commission. Sure. Often reducing the price for the buyer while getting more money for the seller. The reason I brought that up is because some buyers think that they're going to get a better deal if they work with the seller's agent, which is sometimes why a lot of buyer's agents go, I'm just going straight to the seller's agent because I think I'm going to get a better deal. Well, I think that also in this seller's market, you also have buyers that would say, if you represent me, does that put me higher on the offer list? Favoritism, right? 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 Am I going to get favored right? that if, way? You know, I have an agent, but I don't have a relationship. There's no contract. I don't have a commitment to them. If you represent me, 
selling agent or represent listing agent? Do I do get, I get a better? Do I do, get, am I, I in? Get, yeah, am I in? Do right? I get in? And I thought we were supposed oh, to man. not share. This is where confidential agreements can be really helpful. God. Okay, because you can write a confidential agreement and purchase agreement mm -hmm. so that nobody else knows what is happening. Correct. But it's like an attorney representing. How do you represent the plaintiff and the defendant at the same time? How do you do that? Well, you could do it, but why would you do that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That that's, that's I guess that's the point. So, you know? so if there's so much, you guys, when I said this was a big topic, it's huge. It's huge because you have to have to make a decision. Yeah, you where really you stand, do. and if you say it depends, well, then maybe it does depend. I know a lot of people who have done it. Don't get in trouble. I don't think she thinks she was going to get in trouble, but. Some people where I didn't show you on the violators is they got fined $2,500 and reprimanded for three years. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't even gotten into the lawsuits of people that have actually lost their license over double dipping or double ending because one side thought, hey, you didn't represent me correctly or you failed to disclose right. information that should have been disclosed to me and so forth, right? So a buyer thinks that they're going to get a better deal. Is it the same feeling that you guys have when a lender has their license and they're writing the offer and they're doing the loan? Ah, it happens more frequently than I would like personally. I mean, I don't want to know that I'm from a lender's perspective, that I'm competing with an agent on that side. I mean, in all of my business management classes, it's always been this, and I use this a lot. Um, if you chase two rabbits, both of them get away. Yeah. And so how can you wear two hats? <laughs> can you wear two hats even on a double ending side? I can tell you this, when it comes to wearing two hats, one being a lender hat and then one being an agent hat, you can't. You can't do both of those jobs well. Because while you're doing one, you're not doing the other one. You need somebody. My, my specific intention here is if you're going to do something and you're going to do it the best you can do, and isn't that what we're all trying to do? Be the best we can be? I mean, we, we say we're going to put our client's best interest, right? That's what it really comes that, That's what we right. say. Right. That's what it should be. But I, I want to know how agents feel. As a seller's agent, you get an offer. And he's got his license and his name is also on the DU. Right. It's on the pre-approval letter that they've got a loan. So now you're going, okay, shoot. Well, my question is, how do you feel about it? Do you, do you, do you say you're okay with that or does it bother you? And if so, why is it because they should keep, they should wear the one hat that they wear. Can you just wear your lender hat and just be a lender, please? Is it wrong for them to wear both hats? Because now you really, really, in this case, are wearing two different hats. So for them, I would have to say for you, John, mm -hmm. it is two different things. Completely. Yeah. So, what's, then, so what's wrong with it? Well, it's certainly not illegal. Well, it's, it's not illegal. And is there anything wrong with it? Because because you are not a real estate agent representing the seller. No, no you no. represent the buyer right. solely. Mm -hmm. So can it be a good thing? I personally, I, I have a cut and dry <laughs> position on this, and that is it's never okay because you're always you're you are always not doing the one thing that you're supposed to be doing, right? You're representing a lender or you're, rep you're representing a bank or you're representing your broker and you can't do both effectively. That's just where I come from. Okay. And there, there's another thing that I think is important here. And that is, it, it's, a, it's a partnership thing. It, it's a strategic partnership thing where you align, an agent aligns with somebody they trust on the lender side. Okay. They've done work with this person. 
They know this person, they know that they're capable, responsible, and they're gonna do a darn good job. Something else comes from that, referrals. Yes. You see, if you're doing yes. both, yes. And, and I know that you're an agent and I know that you're a lender as well, am I gonna refer my business to you? Is any lender mm. going to refer the business to you? Very likely not. Now, at least in this Inland right? Empire, mm -hmm. I know that we talk a lot. We, we network a lot. And if, a, if an agent is a lender, believe me, we know it. And that, that agent will very likely not be the first person on my list that's going to be getting my referrals. Okay, so we're, we're keeping it real. We're, yeah. we're keeping it real. That's... and. Um, you know, we're, we're not supposed to disparage other people. We're right, not supposed right, to be, right. we have a lot of, we're scrutinized highly, our code of ethics, our MLS has so many different rules, all kinds of stuff. So, but is your feel, how do you feel about it? Right. You may have a feeling you don't share with everybody and it's not public, right? but it bothers you. And you are thinking twice about maybe sending your loans to that person. Okay. So you don't use that person. Okay. That's well, fine. You know, and the, but what the, about getting that offer? I, I see. I, I'm, I'm trying to make sure everybody gets that you wear two different hats, right? As a lender, you're helping them with their finance. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to jump over here and I'm going to wear the hat. Okay. My nose is just trying I have allergies. We're out in the park <laughs> and the allergies are killing allergies. Um, It's a different hat as opposed to what we just finished talking about. Mm -hmm. See, Dual agency are two different agents. They're each wearing their own hat underneath the one agency. Right. Okay. So the broker is the one who has to be walk lightly and carefully because if they, you know, they can come after him for both sides if they don't do a good job. Okay. Him or her. When you wear the one hat, you're, you're dipping in and getting into something that can get tricky right. and muddy. You can find yourself in a position that's just, I, I mean, you're not, just, oh crap, right? You yep. stepped in it and went, I have to get out of this. My seller just said something to me. Did you, you didn't just say that, right? La, 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 la. And now I did hear it. I've got to go tell my buyer. Is that going to throw a wrench in the deal? Oh, is that all that stuff, God. right? It's so, it is, it is so tricky. But as a lender, you really are wearing two different hats. But I think there's seller's agents out there or, um, that receive offers that might not like it. Oh, I, I would, I would agree. I wouldn't like it for a different reason. And I would like it from a business perspective. And that is that, you know, if you focus on one thing, really just do what you do, do it well, do that one thing. Yeah. And then I will find somebody else. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly not going to let my dentist take out my appendix. I know. Right. I'll let him work on my teeth, but that's about <laughs> it. Right. Uh, even it's though true. he might be a doctor and might be capable of doing both. I want a specialist. I'm not spending a lot of money on specialists in each one of these. Yeah. But the, the, I guess the financial consequences of trying to cut a corner and yeah. allowing an agent to double end it or allowing an agent to do the job so that you can save a little bit because the agent says that it's going to end up being smooth or more smooth. Right. Right. I don't know if, I mean, my experience, very rarely does it work out that way. Even after the transaction, yeah. there's a lot of things, there's a lot of complications that go on with that. So it's similar to the double ending thing. Yeah. I mean, my opinion is if you're going to do something, do it well, do it smart, do it the best you know how. I, I think that's what it is. That's what it really comes down that's to. That's what it is. Doing the right thing and doing it the best smart way that you're, you possibly you're can. You're having to take care of their finances and everything that has to do with getting the loan processed mm -hmm. and done. But I want to make sure that we're we're talking about disadvantages and advantages. And, and I think what might be hard for some people is to go, well, I don't really know that MJ and John really said where they stand. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that before we end, number one, and, okay. and, and bring up something because you wear two different hats. Mm -hmm. So I don't see anything wrong with it. I think the challenge that I have with it, number one, is I am with you on. Do what you do well and why don't you do the loans and why don't you refer it to an agent so that I can hold you to what you're supposed to be doing? Because then if not, I'm going to say, well, you're over here 
who's doing what they're supposed right. to be doing. And anyway, that's how I feel about it. I'm not going to say that I haven't worked with a lender that did of course, the, the, yeah, the real estate exactly. side before and that it was bad or anything like that. But, you know, they are wearing two different hats. And I do have to say something here because, I mean, people, we do have some members here that I've worked with that do have their lenders yeah. hat, okay? And have, and they have, and they have their license. And they have their license. Mm-hmm. And they're very capable. I, I, I have the highest respect for a couple sure. of agents that are out there. And they're extremely capable. What I was able to do in these situations was to, to, to stay the course and not just drop the agent, but keep a relationship there and always do the best I can and always leave yourself open for, if you need help, I'm always here for you if you need help from the lending side, yep. all right? Sustain yourself there, be intentional with, with, with your presentation to the lender and say, I'm all, I mean, with the agent that you're always gonna be there. And it has come out pop- properly for me. That agent that says, you know what, you're right. Yeah. I'm going to use you in these kind of things, but it's something that you have to stay on top of. And I think yeah. good agents understand I, that, I, that I, they I'm, do their job well, and that's all they do. I agree. And I don't, I'm not saying that they can't do it. That's why I'm saying, Hey, they right. are wearing two different hats. Right. Um, I just would like to say, you stay in your corner. I stay in my corner. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to go do loans. I want the lender to do the, to do their job. You know, I'm not going to be the inspector either in the termite guy too. And the, you know what I mean? I guess that's, that's mm-hmm. the way I see it. But I don't necessarily say that it's wrong. I'm just not, I'm not a huge fan. I would yeah. much rather that you stay in your corner. Uh, but hey. Yeah, do what you do. Do, do what you right. do. Be if you do it. Um, right. Here's the other thing. If the offer gets presented as a seller's agent, I'm still going to present just like anything else. Do we tell the seller, hey, this person is also the lender? Well, I, I don't know legally, but it's to me, it's disclose, disclose, disclose. Well, you disclose. So, I mean, <laughs> if they see, oh, this, so now the lender um, is also representing the buyer. You, you, I'm not going to tell them whether they should go with it or not go with it. It should be at the end of the, the day, what do they want? They're, sure. they're agreeing with the buyer's price and the buyer's terms and so forth. But uh, that question was brought up in even That's in our talk. That's right. Yep. What do you do? do? What where do you, do you do? Where do you go? I would hate to be an agent, for example, representing the buyer, and then something goes south on the loan. See what I mean? Go on away with that. I'm representing the buyer, and oh, by the way, seller or listing agent, the loan went south, and I'm responsible for it. Ah, we talked about this. Uh, you know, we things did. that have gone wrong in transactions. I would hate being the that things person. that can go wrong. I think. <laughs> The other thing too, as you know, we start to wrap this up, this topic is so big and so huge. One of the things that I want to make sure that I bring up as I'm looking at my notes and it's just so big. Um, Can you go to the Facebook side so we can see if there's been any questions? No, I don't see anybody actually on with us live right now. So that's all right. We're we're still pretty cool and awesome. So you guys will watch it some other time. Yes, 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 yes. And of course this will be podcast too, but um, what would be the better thing to do if you if you are the seller's agent that said I will reduce my commission if I represent the buyer? Then that means that you've already you already have your stance. I think we we've come up with that now. But is there a better way? And would you feel more comfortable? And it would it put your client's best interest at heart in a in a much grander scheme to refer it to have that person that you can say. Hey, I've got a great listing. When I get buyers and they they want to work, I'd be more than happy to pass along. Yeah, there's all kinds these of buyers to you here. that you know feel like they're going to get some better deal with me, and they're not. I simply want to refer it out. Um, that's called a referral fee. I would much rather take a referral fee and say I'm going to give you a buyer on the platter. Right. He's come. He's ready to go. Um, lenders in place. DU's done. You go and represent them. Yep. And let's do a good job for my seller. Yep. I would much rather that because they can get so sticky, so full of thorns, so quick, so muddy, <laughs> so murky. I mean, it's, it's insane. And one of the ones that, um, that's why I'm saying, refer it. I would say, refer it, find that person. That's going to be your person right, or right. a few people that, that you come to an agreement on. If I give you buyers on a platter like that, that are ready to go just for that property, then go for it. 
I'd like to keep you as a buyer in the event you don't get this offer accepted. Would you right. be willing to work with me? Right. Find a way so that you don't lose business through what you do, but then refer it so that offer can be written by somebody I else. I totally agree. Right? Um, because in here's another instance that to, food for thought. You are the seller's agent and the seller is your relative. Oh, again, where are the spikes? It's going to, it's, are you going to represent the buyer? And I think I brought that up because that's where some people may say, well, CMJ, that's my point. It depends. I won't do it. If it depends, it depends. The situation is always going to depend. Well, not if you wrote it in your listing contract (laughs) that if you bring the buyer, you've already made that agreement. And if you're representing your brother-in-law or your sister, and you put in there, if I bring the buyer, I'll do it for less. And you've already said that you're going to do it. So you kind of make your stance. You Got to make you know, a decision. Just, just thinking about this, and I know we want to wrap it up. Yeah. But the way that I'm, I'm, where I'm coming from, for the most part, every transaction has a surprise in it. Now, I, I'm not. Oh my God. Aware of the surprises some of the time because I just do the dollar side, right? Yeah. I don't I don't understand the life science that goes that is the backstory behind the buyer and the seller. How frequently, percentage-wise, would you think that there's a surprise, big or small, that is in your in a transaction? It's always. Always. Okay. Every day. That being said, because I kind of expected you were going to go there. Every day. We've not we've not scripted this out or anything. That no, being said. If you knew for a fact going into it that there was going to be a surprise, and MJ, you just said that for the most part, there's always something that goes down the pipe. You think, well, shoot, I didn't think that that was going to happen, or I'm surprised by that. Would you then take the risk of double ending it, knowing that there was going to be something in the transaction that you were not aware of? Probably not. I know that if I was an agent or if I was a lender representing someone, I would not want that. I wouldn't want the surprise. Yeah. So I guess that's where I come from is if there's going to be a surprise, and, I just don't And want this it. is this is why when you when you look up double ending all over the internet, okay, and there was that one article. Can you just tell me tell everybody what the name uh, was? Yes, it was from Inman, I-N-M-A-N. And in Inman. fact, it was mm-hmm. so good uh, that in fact I think you found it. Well, it was we 17 pages long. It was really long. I'm gonna put that if I can, well, I'm gonna put the link in our Facebook. Sure. Page so that sure. you guys can see it. It's so really, it was really easy. Good. It was easy to find. Yeah. But I think that there's more against it, if you will. Mm-hmm. There were more um, people just not only story after story, but incident after incident right. on double ending real estate deals. Don't do it. Um, the answer is when is it good to represent both buyer and seller at the same time? Almost we could never. go on and on. Almost and on ever. The answer is almost never. And it rarely doesn't come out that su- surprise won't come about. And yep. you're you're put in a now position you're where you're just like, oh shoot, why, why did I do this? Well, like, you might have done it for the profit. Mm-hmm. You might have done it more most definitely for the profit to help save the seller some money. So I'm not gonna say that it can't work. Because it can work. And I've read many people saying that it's, you know, it's positive. It can be less friction. It can save the seller some money. Just be aware that you might be stepping into something that you're going to have to find your way out of. Thanks, you guys. Have a great one. Peace. Bye, everybody. Bye.